0: Welcome to the Breezy Babies Podcast, where we talk about all things boobs, babies, and breastfeeding. This is episode 129, Tongue and Lip Ties, Part 1. I'm Bree, the IBCLC, and I made Breezy Babies with you in mind to help ease your transition into parenthood. Becoming a parent changes your life in every way imaginable. Bumps in the road are going to come up as you move into your new role, but my goal is to help smooth out those bumps and help you become the most confident parent you can be. With good education and support, I know you can meet your breastfeeding and parenting goals. Let's do this together. Hello, hello. Welcome to another week of the Breezy Babies podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. I am excited to kick off this special three-part series with you where we are going to talk all about tongue and lip ties It's going to be great. And don't worry. These three episodes are not going to be just me talking. I actually have two special guests. One you will meet today and the other you won't meet till next week. Um, And then the third episode is going to be a special one that I decided to add on that will be specific to um, people who work in the lactation field and help people navigate tongue and lip ties Um, It's going to be so great. So if you are listening to this podcast episode and your little one is dealing with reflux, colic, poor sleep, clicking while feeding, diarrhea, pinching, heart-shaped tongue, chomping at the breast, severe nipple pain for you... Um, unexplained low milk supply, if your little one is swallowing air, has a sensitive gag reflex, spitting up, very gassy, has a white tongue, trouble taking a pacifier or a bottle, then this podcast episode is for you. Or maybe you are pregnant and worried about some of these things and want to be a little proactive before your baby comes. This is going to be the perfect podcast episode that you are not going to want to miss. And to tell you the truth, um, we are... I just want to give you a little bit of heads up that we're mostly going to be focusing in these three podcast episodes about tongue and lip ties. But all of those symptoms that I just read off to you, sometimes they can get really muddy and overlap with things like dairy allergies with breastfeeding that can absolutely happen. I'm not going to go really deep into gut health and food allergies today. My guest today will touch on those, but if you want to dive deep into gut health, food allergies, you're going to have to go back to some previous episodes where I dive really deep into those today. We're really just focusing on tongue and lip ties, the majority of it being tongue ties only although the two can go hand in hand <laughs> like you will learn about i want to start by telling you that i recently put out a call for families who wanted to share their personal stories with their breastfeeding journey and i had many that have reached out you already know this if you listen to the last you know few podcast episodes i've had a couple different Guess who are moms, just like you who are listening to this. And Holly is one that responded to this call and said that she wanted to share her story and her personal journey with navigating tongue and lip ties. So that is what part one is today. But before we jump into that, I want to tell you who is sponsoring this podcast episode today. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my favorite companies in the lactation space, Series Chill. Series is a three-in-one breast milk chiller that makes pumping, storing, and feeding a breeze. If you have ever had to pump your milk at work or in the middle of the night or while you're away, You know the frustration of juggling storage bags and frequent trips to the fridge or freezer. Ceres is a sleek storage system that stores all your milk in one place. It keeps your milk cold for up to 20 hours without any bulky ice packs or insulated cooler bags. You have to go check out the Ceres website just to see how beautiful and durable the double-walled stainless steel is. A chiller can hold up to 34 ounces at a time. It's dishwasher safe, TSA approved. It's even compatible with all major breast pumps, so you can pump directly into the chamber. All my pumping friends agree it's truly a game changer if you pump and store breast milk on the go. And I have a discount code for you. If you use breezy15, B-R-E-E-Z-Y one five, you can get 15% off at serieschill.com or click the link in the show notes. Notes. All right, now back to our episode. I want to give you a little bit of background information before we jump in to my guest because if you're familiar with tongue and lip ties, you may also be familiar with the term phrenectomy, and I want to just start by telling you, I will break all these terms down, by the way, if this is all brand new information to you, don't worry, keep, keep listening, but I do want to start by telling you that sometimes a phrenectomy is just a part of the journey. Often, we want body work to also be part of the journey. Okay, we'll go into this a little bit deeper um, as this podcast episode goes on. And I can't even believe this, but I was looking back through my podcast episodes and I have not had an episode about tongue ties or lip ties since episode 11. (laughs) That was a long time ago. And why that might not sound surprising to you. um, It is surprising to me that I haven't talked about tongue or lip ties since episode 11, because I come across problems with tongue and lip ties a lot. And yes, you might say, well, you work with people who have trouble with breastfeeding. So, of course, you're going to see lots of tongue ties and lip ties. And to that, I would say, you're correct. I may have a skewed view of the percentage of babies with restriction and how that's impacting the movement of their tongue. I will also add, though, that I have absolutely seen many instances where a phrenotomy saved a breastfeeding relationship for some families, the pain and discomfort for both mom and baby were ways just such at a high level that having the release done was the only thing that allowed them to continue on. So let's break down some of these (sighs) some of these words that you're going to hear so that you have a really clear understanding of the definition. If you were to go and Google search tongue tie right now, a definition that would pop up would be a condition present at birth that restricts the tongue's range of motion. Okay. You also may see another definition for tongue tie that says a condition in which a person's tongue remains attached to the floor of their mouth. Another, what I found is tongue tie is when a band of tissue connects the tip of the tongue to the floor of the mouth, which keeps it from moving freely. And I would say any of those would be correct. Okay. Now let's break down what phrenectomy means. Phrenectomy, if you were to Google this, it would say phrenectomy is the complete removal of the frenum, including its attachment to the underlying bone, while phrenotomy is the incision and the relocation of the frenal attachment. That can be done with scissors, a laser. There's a couple different ways. Now, let me just stop right here and say it's a little confusing to me and maybe to you as well over the years to know what the difference is between a phrenotomy and a phrenectomy. And if the release of a tongue tie is a phrenotomy or a phrenectomy. <laughs> so I have even listened to presentations at a lactation conference where the presenter explained that the release is actually a frenotomy because we are not um, actually removing the frenum; We are um, making an incision. And, you know, I found that most people in the lactation world, they actually refer to it as a phrenectomy and not as a phrenotomy. And, you know, in the end, it might just be potato, potato, like we know what you're talking about, but I just want to explain my frustration that sometimes it's tricky to know what the exact right term to use is. So in this podcast, uh, we may use both terms interchangeably And just know that whether we're talking about phrenectomy or phrenotomy, we're talking about the release of that attachment under the tongue. Another term that you're going to hear is body work. Now, body work is referring to an osteopath, a cranial sacral therapist, a cranial fascial therapist, a physical therapist, a chiropractor. Those are all options for body work surrounding tongue tie releases. Okay, this is all going to make a little bit more sense, and I will continue to explain um, what all this means, but I wanted to kind of set up the, the foundation here. So that as my guest, Holly is talking to you and explaining a little bit of her journey that you have a clear idea of what she's talking about. So I'm going to turn the time over to Holly in just a minute here, but I want to give you a little bit of background information. She is the mom of three boys and she currently is breastfeeding her 10 month old. Now Holly is a family nurse practitioner, so she does have some medical training but currently she is at home with her boys. She loves talking about all things, lactation, newborn infant care. And prior to leaving her job, you're going to hear a little bit about that in this podcast episode. She talks about how she considered reflux, breastfeeding challenges, and food allergies to be of particular interests and as part of her expertise because of her own personal journey. So without further ado, I'm going to turn the time over to Holly Logan. Hello
1: everyone. And thank you, Brianne from Breezy Babies for welcoming me to share my story on the podcast. Um, my name is Holly Logan. I'm a mom to three boys and currently nursing my 10 month old. I'm actually a family nurse practitioner by trade, but I'm currently a stay-at-home mom. I wanted to share my experience with tongue ties because each of my babies have had their own challenges, breastfeeding challenges, and little did I know, until this past year, it would all loop back to tongue issues. If you are or were a tongue tie skeptic, welcome to the club, and I think you should hear this. There's definitely a lack of understanding and support within the medical community surrounding tongue ties. So I hope my story will help you be your own advocate and help you find or think about the resources you need. My story actually starts with my second son because we started to question if he had some true medical issues that were impacting mainly his sleep. He'd always been a poor sleeper. I blame myself for that. I just thought it was normal. Um, Around age two, though, after we had stopped nursing... He started experiencing night tantrums. Yes, tantrums. It was horrible. Just screaming in the middle of the night like, where was this coming from? Um, And also, even now, he's just never fully rested after being in his room for 11 or 12 hours. He doesn't get quality sleep and um, he still doesn't at three years old. I had actually always kind of questioned his tongue being part of his sleep issues because as an infant, he had significant reflux, clicked with nursing like crazy, had abnormal green mucousy stools. And even though I hate this word in diagnosis, colic, colic symptoms, Um, I hate that word colic, but that's just what people understand from about four days old, I knew something was wrong. And looking back, I actually believe his first stool was diarrhea and not just meconium. Later, I figured out he had something called allergic proctocolitis to dairy. Um, but again, that's a, that's a whole other story. Um, and as he got older, as I got out of that postpartum, overwhelming, sleep-deprived fog that I just decided was normal, <laughs> I started to question more and more, why was this happening? He was so different than my first son and it just didn't seem fair. I saw a lot of consults for colic in my office too so I just become became obsessed with the topic and I pretty much consumed all the literature I could on infant reflux. I wanted to help myself but also all of these struggling mothers. Um, Much of that reflux uh, reflux Research outside of just giving some famotidine and take out dairy, which was frustrating, by the way, would lead me to the discussion of tongue tie. Tongue tie. <clears throat> this topic was kind of taboo in my office because it was dimi- dis- dismissed as not a real thing or just a moneymaker for the dentist. It wasn't something we really learned about in school, so, so much of my ideas came from my colleagues. And honestly, my husband's a dentist and he didn't believe in them either. Um, And an ENT told me that he didn't have a tongue tie. So why would I question it further, right? On top of that, I had so many babies in my office under my care who just didn't improve with feeding following their tongue tie revision. Um, And also, again, I was so sleep deprived, anxious, frustrated by it all. So I just kept doing what I was doing. I had never had supply issues, luckily. So we just made it work. But then I had a friend who dealt with significant reflux with her baby, who was found to have a significant tongue and lip tie. And although I don't want to tell her story, it's not mine to tell, we have had so many discussions about what happened with her and then with her second child as well. And for her second child, we felt she felt so much more prepared, um, and yet she still had significant struggles. So it was hard for me to believe that the tongue was or is the only issue. Or why if this is such a problem, why wasn't there some perfect protocol for this? If it's so troubling for babies and mothers, why doesn't the phrenectomy just fix it? And why did my kids not have trouble nursing? And hers did. Why did her kids sleep pretty good at night? Mine didn't. Why do so many mothers struggle with supply issues if their baby have ties, babies have ties? And we didn't. That inconsistency is really frustrating and confusing, and quite frankly, I find it annoying. (laughs) So, when my first uh, third son was born, I looked immediately for two things. One, I wanted to see his poop. I prayed for yellow poop, and days later, I did see it and I cried. But I knew right away he had ties. His tongue looked kind of heart shaped. That first latch, it hurt, Um, it pinched like crazy. He was clicking a little, but not all the time. Uh, it was really his jaw. it just barely opened, it felt like he was gnawing on me, and it was almost intolerable and This was my thir- third baby I had nursed, so I knew something wasn't okay. My first instinct was to ask for an osteopath uh, because i am very fortunate that the hospital I deliver actually has osteopaths on uh, on staff to help with babies. so my first son had a painful latch when he was born, and it was a very he had a very tight jaw. We saw an osteopath in the hospital. It was like magic, going home, no problems. So after that experience, I thought an osteopath could fix all of my problems. And for my first, it felt like it did. Uh, But seeing this osteopath that I had a relationship with already really didn't improve things this time. The pain got worse, and I have a pretty good tolerance for that. I saw a virtual lactation consultant who confirmed his posterior ties, and I started using a shield for a couple of weeks um, because at that point, the pain had been so bad and he was struggling a lot to nurse at night when he was tired. So I had to pump and give a bottle and then we'd often throw that up. Nights after midnight are always worse. I don't know why. Um, he had a hard time with my right breast more than my left breast. He would occasionally projectile out vomit. And I always just felt like his belly rumbled with air and feedings. Um, and he couldn't suck on a finger and couldn't suck on a pacifier and neither could my second baby. Um, it was a lot. Emotionally, I did everything I could. I saw the osteopath. I tried different positions. I worked with a PT virtually who had, did um, oral work, which helped me to leverage his jaw open more. Um, I did an online course. I read a book about it. I met with a popular account online that is all about tongue ties and physical therapy. I'm a huge, huge believer in tummy time and rare, rare, rare use of positioners. I did it all. And yet, <laughs> Um, I ultimately told my husband and this osteopath doctor that I was working with that I had, um, I had lost the battle with this tongue and sorry, I get a little emotional because I hate even saying that out loud that I had lost my battle with this tongue. Um, we got to the point that he was having a hard time nursing. He wanted to comfort nurse at times and he couldn't and would get frustrated or finally eat and sometimes projectile vomit, mostly at night. I think my final straw was a day he had maybe three feeds. Um, and we ultimately did the revision at 14 weeks old. I bawled my eyes out. I screamed, I, I probably cried uh, more than him. All along, we'd been fortunate that he could nurse, and I know um, women who could never get baby back to breast, so I am grateful for that, Um, but all of this has just been extremely frustrating and and emotional. I I think there was a huge part of me that just didn't want to admit the tongue was the issue and pretend like I could overcome these issues without a phrenectomy, and by the way, uh, now after all of that, the stretches, the osteopath, the oral work, the phrenectomy, um, we have challenges with solids, so... We still have our challenges. So here's the next part of the story, and I think this is where it gets interesting. Through connections, we found someone who does something called orofacial myology. You'll have to Google it. But I found her because my second son, Mr. Reflux, was having speech issues. As I started to do my own research for my third son, I started to make connections to my second son. Mr. Reflux now wakes frequently still. He had had those night tantrums. He grinds his teeth occasionally. Um, He also prefers to nap upright in the car seat, Um, has huge tonsils and adenoids. He coughs with food sometimes, um, more often than his brother. Uh, All things that have said to me, these ties are impacting his oral posture, impacting his quality sleep, um, which I think is causing a lot of behaviors and tantrums that as his mother, I feel are exaggerated and not age related, but related to quality sleep lack of quality sleep. So here I am with a three-year-old and a 10-month-old with ties that are functionally impacting their sleep and eating. And oh, by the way, my first son definitely has ties, but priority-wise, his his brothers need the care first right now. And I share all of this because tongue ties are elusive, they're annoying, and just frankly, I think they're just pain in the butt. (laughs) It's a tongue, right? Are you kidding me? All of these issues from a tongue. And on top of that, outside of this Insiders Club of Lactation Consultants and select people on social media and some select people who've gone through it, people just don't get it, right? Specialists may not believe you. Many pediatricians and ENTs and orthodontists don't believe you. And when I tell people I can't be away from my baby because he can't take a bottle because he has tongue issues, it's kind of embarrassing. I I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. I know I don't have to, but it is difficult to explain that. It's so frustrating. So I wanted to offer you not a medical advice, obviously, but advice after hearing all of this, if you've made it this far. So thank you for listening and hearing my story. But my first piece of advice is um, don't accept infant reflux as an answer. It's a symptom. But of what? Why would a baby, especially a breastfed baby, be born with re- reflux? Of course there are babies who have true pathologic reflux, but that number is tiny. I saw reflux way too much in my practice, It just and it just doesn't make sense. Um, it would be good to think about food sensitivity, something called, I mentioned that before, a non-IgE food allergy. Um, my son had a dairy issue, um, but dairy, soy, and gluten are the top three. Um, elimination from... That of those foods from your diet will change symptoms usually within 48 hours, not two weeks like most people will tell you. Um, really within 48 hours you should see some or change or improvement. And um, maybe look at your diet overall. I know when I'm stressed I consume a lot of caffeine and sugar. I know I crave chocolate postpartum. Um, please think about eat, always eating something with your first cup of coffee and limit caffeine like you would in pregnancy. Um and look at look at gut health. You know, did you receive antibiotics in pregnancy or delivery? Was your baby born by C section? You may benefit from a probiotic after talking to your pro- provider um, and your baby. If one of these three things happened to you, um, just please don't accept colic or reflux as your answer, um, as your final answer until you've explored other things. And second, look at that latch. Um, Get someone to look at that tongue function. And you know what? This is one of those times that Facebook or social can be helpful to find that tongue person in your area. But I'll warn you, even my tongue savvy person, based on my research, isn't as savvy as uh, everyone says. (laughs) Maybe he is, but he's kind of my only option. So online people may be your best bet. But keep digging, keep reading, and if your child's doctor rolls their eyes uh, at this whole tongue thing, please remember that this tongue tie issue is not taught in schools. My husband's a dentist, he remembers one slide about tongue ties. I remember zero education on this. I'm not making excuses, but please try to take a breath and understand that breastfeeding medicine is not taught adequately, adequately in schools. When I went to an ENT this week for my second son, he didn't brush me off completely, but he did hit me with the, there are no, uh, you know, there aren't sufficient, double blind, controlled, randomized trials nonsense. And I smiled. I took a breath and for a place of empathy, just tried to remember that he doesn't know everything and that's okay. Um... But what we can offer is we know our children best. We can trust our intuition and know I knew that my second son's reflux was caused by that tongue. I really do believe that at this point the reason he sleeps poorly at night is because of those big tonsils and adenoids, and maybe it's because of his tongue position. And my baby now, um, I get super frustrated sometimes because he doesn't take a bottle, which is fine. I'm with him, but um he doesn't and he doesn't take much for solids, but you know what? He can take milk from a syringe in an emergency and he is starting to eat and enjoy some bites of food. I try to take a, a, a breath and remember that every baby's and child's journey is different. His osteopath reminds me of that too, that some just take it in their own time and it's okay. I can only control what I control, can control today. Um, he doesn't dissociate his jaw from his tongue, as his therapist says, which makes so much sense to me. And so we have to work on that little by little each day. Um... Which leads me to tip three: um, try to have a plan. I think it's it's very important to understand that tongue tie journeys are not linear. It's not for then than done happiness. Um, if you're going to do the frenectomy, you need to understand the importance of fascial release. Working with someone in, who does body work, like a chiropractor or an osteopath, you need to know how to do the stretches. And I, I highly recommend suck therapy. This isn't something I did leaning up to the frenectomy because I didn't know my um, I didn't know enough about that. But knowing what I know now, I would have done more with um, suck therapy as well. So if you have breast pain, your baby clicks when they nurse. They're super gassy and happy until they poop and fart. They snore. They projectile vomit. They can't take a bottle. They can't suck on a finger. That's a big one for me. They can't eat a piece of food without projectile vomiting. You've taken every course on baby led weaning and they still just throw everything up. Maybe something is going on. And if someone says they're fine... Don't take no for an answer yet. Um, fortunately, there are people online who can help you through this. There are solutions, and I will tell you it's not an overnight fix. As I said, um, I secretly hoped my son would have his revision and all the magic pixie dust would prevent him from having feeding issues. But alas, here we are. But you're not alone. You're not crazy. It's going to be a road, and it's a road worth fighting for. And uh, I also I know I'm speaking from a place of I guess um, privilege is the word. I I am lucky. You know I could pay for the consult. I go to weekly appointments for both the kids because I am home. So I realized that this is, I'm very lucky that I have that opportunity. Um, that's why you have to kind of figure out what works best for you and for your family and kind of making a plan for this. But I'm happy to help anyone find the resources they need. If you need to shoot me an email or a message. And setting up a consult with a a lactation consultant um, that's savvy with ties like Brienne is definitely some place to start. Um, Definitely a place that you need and someone you need on your team. So again, thank you for listening if you've made it this far. I hope my own story has helped you maybe realize that things weren't perfect and you weren't crazy. I don't even know what the word is. I just feel like... There were so much ignored with my second son. And for my third son, I didn't want that to happen. And I wanted to figure things out. Um, and that it's been a long journey. Again, he's three years old. So it's been a three-year journey with him. And we're still figuring things out. But it's a journey worth fighting for. And uh, yeah, so again, thank you so much for listening to my story and having me on. And I hope it was helpful. Thank you.
0: All right. Wasn't Holly just so great. I'm sure you loved her just as much as I do. I love that her husband is a dentist and he said there was no tongue tie. <laughs> I think that just makes the story even so much better. So, I want to remind you of Holly's top three tips that she shared today. Number one, don't accept colic or reflux as the final answer. Dig deeper. Her tip number two was look at the latch and function. And her tip number three was have a plan. It's not for nectomy and done. I love how Holly taught about teaching to be your own advocate. If you would like to connect with Holly, she is on Instagram at Holly with, uh, at home with Holly NP. I will link her in the show notes so you can go say hi to her. Thank you for sharing her journey with her own kids. Come back next week. I'm inviting you to come back next week for part two of tongue and lip ties. I have another amazing guest for you. I hope you love hearing from other moms and their experiences um, I feel like they're just so relatable because these are people who have lived through it firsthand. I walked this journey with many of my clients, but it's just a different perspective to hear it from the parent and what they went through. Cause they're the ones who are with their baby day in and day out And I hope you're finding it as valuable as I am. So come back next week for part two of tongue and lip ties. I have another amazing guest for you. And of course, I'm going to leave you with you are strong. You are smart. You are beautiful. You're a good friend to all. See you next week. Bye.